Hello, everybody. It's your K. Birdie and Mommy Dreams. It's your cousin Juju. And this is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee. And this is The God Show! <laughs> On the spotlight. And today, you know, as you guys know, if you watch the show, I will usually shout out our sponsors, and I always leave with two laws. But today, we have the sponsor from two laws here. Indeed. And I have my brother, Dame Ritter, from Two Lost, and we're going, this is an artist spotlight episode. We're going to talk and educate artists on how to win in this new distribution world. And I don't think there's anybody smarter that can have this conversation than you. And I ain't saying that because you're here. You know I wouldn't say that because you're here. <laughs> this guy is really smart. I've seen him build businesses when building businesses wasn't even something that we talked about. I watched you build artists. I had an artist on team. Yes, sir. Jaron Benton, and I watched you build artists in a way where I didn't know how to do it. So I always thought you were smart, and I'm just happy that we have a chance to do business together and you're on the show. So let's welcome Dave Ritter one more time. Appreciate it. Appreciate let's get into it. Let's so, do it. So I'm going to ask you a question. Like, So I told Dane, by the way, I'm going to ask him questions like, we're going to ask him questions like, we're not in the music business. Because I feel like a lot of artists are sitting at home lost, and I don't want to have a conversation above people's heads. Yep. Right? So even though we can, I don't want to. Right? Yep. So my first question I'm going to ask is why two loss over anybody else? Um, well, I would say first and foremost, like no distributor is gonna save you, right? Like if you're looking to, you know, if you think a distributor is gonna solve all your problems, it's not, okay. right? Uh, however, there definitely are some differences from distributor to distributor. Um, I would say some of the key highlights on our platform is one, we distribute to more stores than any other distributor, right? So obviously- How do you know that? Just because we um, we know what we because okay. other actually here's how we know that other distributors come to us to do a sub delivery right oh, wow. we we distribute to over 400 stores and obviously you have like your main Spotify Apple Music but there's a lot of stores you know in different parts of the country where Spotify may not be the biggest mm. right so sometimes artists move their catalogs over and they notice that they're making a little bit more money just because we're delivering to more stores and we're constantly adding new partnerships whether it's Peloton or Delta or other wow. places where you're not even thinking that your music could potentially be so that's one thing um, another thing is I, I just love the platform and that it's constantly evolving I know that a lot of distributors once they get to a certain side certain size, some of the innovation stops, mm. right? I feel like we're constantly thinking about tools, features, things that we can embed within the platform to enhance and just give artists a bigger suite of tools to develop their business. So we have BeatBread integrated within the platform. So if you're looking for an advance and you have- So if, you, if you're looking for an advance and you need some additional funding, um, instead of going to sign a, a deal, you can have alternative financing options. Cosign is integrated within the platform. So if you need to copyright your music, you can do it within the platform. So we're basically trying to build almost the Google of you know music distribution so that you have like all tools and services within the platform um, and it's easy. And it's a lot cheaper than other distributors too. So you have it, it's only $3 a month, Yeah. right? So- And you guys don't take we don't, we don't take any money. And then when you have some traction, we do have in-house label services, you know, that's constantly pitching artists' music to get editorial placements, to get Spotify homepage takeovers, to get TikTok ad credits. So I think Two Lost is a great place for any artist 
from like zero, if you're looking at it from zero to 10, 10 being Drake, I would say two loss is a great option for anybody from zero to maybe seven and a half, right? Because after that, that's I think so it's, that's in your world, right? Yeah. That's your world where you're dealing with the majors and yeah. things like that. But we can, but I feel like it's a great option. And, and zero to seven and a half is probably 99.9% yes. of artists. By the so. way, that's, that zero to seven and a half is the entire industry, excluding probably about 20 artists indeed yep exactly <laughs> exactly so but like i said if you're looking for a savior you know a manager is not going to save you you know a distributor is not going to save you you know if you're not doing the work yourself starting to build some momentum uh we're here to complement what you're doing and to make certain parts of e e building your business a little easier gotcha so if i was the artist um how would you help me put my record out um, so the, distri the, the, the distributor just kind of gets your music out to okay. Spotify, Apple Music, things like that. It's on you to kind of come up with the strategy in terms of how you, you know, how, your cadence of releases, your brand, things like that. So uh, what if I didn't know nothing about the Spotify and I'm just the artist trying to just yeah. make my music? So if you're an artist that's never released music before, right. uh, then you would come to us and you know, that's how you get your music on these platforms, you know, in the 400 plus stores that I, that I, that I mentioned earlier. Um, so yeah, you would just use us. So it's, pr it's pretty, I mean, if you use anything else, like just signing up, the process is pretty easy in terms of, you know, understanding what to do. It kind of, kind of handholds you through the process, uploading your artwork, um, entering the metadata, things like that. Let, um, let me ask you something. So, yep. so what? I know this is probably a big question, but I'm just curious. What is what is the why for two loss? Because your business model seems to put creatives first. Yeah. Like you guys that are taking most distributors take something on the back end, the sexy ones, right? Yeah. And I consider two loss a sexy distributor. Yeah. To be honest, right? I don't I don't put you guys in the same sentence as. Disho Kid or TuneCore, right? Oh. You sign with them, you don't expect shit. You right. <laughs> kind of like, like just right. drop your song up and left, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got, I've been to the office, you guys have a staff, you guys have marketing, you have things that I've seen. Yeah. So what is the why? And why did, why did you guys choose that business model? Because there's only right. one other company that has that business model. Right. So are you asking like how we make money? No, no. Why'd you choose that model? I know how you make money, but you could make way more money if you choose a different, chose a different model. That's what I'm asking. Why right. that model? Why tell? Why three dollars a month and you get all of it? Why do you guys collect YouTube royalties? Right. And don't charge. Yeah. I mean, I think it is to, to serve the creators. Like, there's way more creators now than ever before, mm -hmm. right? So, um, I think building a platform that's easy to understand that doesn't you know, doesn't cost that much, just make things easier. You know, you, the the hard job is on trying to build an audience and trying to market and promote that, again, that's on y'all, right? So if we can make the other, the other stuff easier, um, you know, we would think more people would want to make Two Lost their home as opposed to other distributors. Why Two Lost? What's the name? What's the significance of the name? Uh, I asked that question before, and I'll be honest, I don't remember the answer. However, I like the I like the name. Like it I like sound like music. And, that, and I think that I, like I think that's I think that was part of it, so that we could potentially get into other things, whether yeah. that's podcasting or some type of video distribution, things like that. I think it kind of leaves the door open. You know, for me, I know that 
you know, a lot of artists are lost. Yeah. Most artists are lost. That's what I thought it came from. Yeah. Like, it makes lost, sense. Come find us. Like, yeah, so it so, was like your bat signal. Like, if you're too yeah. lost, come see us. And we nah, it, so, it, so it does make sense because most of the artists I talk to are kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you 95% know. 5% of talent in the world is lost. Yeah. So we, and I just started Two Lost Office Hours. It's something that I host on a, on a weekly basis every Monday at 12. And you don't even need to use Two Lost to tap in, but I'm, I'm going to have a guest every week. And it's an opportunity just to learn different aspects of the business. I had my guy Kayvon join us this past Monday. He's from Genius. And we just talked about the business. So every Monday, whether you use Two Lost or not, you can tap into these sessions and just learn because again, you know, it's so important that you get educated on the industry that you say you want a career in. Exactly, yeah. yeah. A lot of artists don't want to learn the business. Yeah. They just kind of want to put music out and be loved. <laughs> so so now I'm a, I know you do two laws, but I also know you from Hobson and yeah. that business that you built. Yeah. You were able to figure out the community, the activate the super fans before that was even something we spoke about. Yeah. This is... 10, 11, this was slow as a lot. Slow died 2013, so this mm. had to be 2013 at least. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm an artist and I'm trying to figure out how to talk to it, I don't even know that I, I need a community. What would you? What advice would you give if I'm an artist? I don't even know I need a community. I just think I want to be the biggest global superstar in the world and I'm right. going to put a song out that's going to blow up. Tell me right. what I should do. Well, I think that one, you have to understand that there's a shitload of people trying to do the same thing, right? So you need to think about like, what is your messaging? What is your story? What's going to be a little bit different about the lane that you're trying to carve out? And I think that's what sometimes artists don't spend some time thinking like they can rap good, but it's like, oh, he, he just he just be rapping, you know, or just be singing. Like there has to be some kind of reason why people are going to tap into and love what you do. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the, the first part, because a lot of people just rush out and just start putting out music, right? And there's really no, there's no story there. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing interesting. That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. So, yeah. like, wh- you have a new artist. Dream yeah. is your new artist. Yeah. Dream is, she says she's a Cape Verdean uh-huh. mommy. Okay. How are we going to blow her up? So what I would. Do? So I, 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 I want y'all to see like he's smart. Like I would. No. So I we we would just talk about like what it is. What else do you want people to know about you? Right. Like is your music. What is your music about? Right. Is your music about relationships? Right. What other content can we start creating that tells that story? Right. Maybe you start giving relationship advice on Thursday nights. Right. Right. So we doing relationship advice. You playing your song in the background. You know, eventually you might say something that goes viral and then then there's a little bit of highlights to your music. But you're doing that consistently so that it's not just music. Right. You're not just. You know, because sometimes the creativity doesn't happen on a weekly basis or you don't want to put out a song every week. But you have something out there that's starting to build this world that tells your story. Right. right? And then you might start having guests on your relationship podcast and then you might blow up and you might, you know, meet an artist that wants to come on the pod. And then you collaborate with them and release a collaborative, collaborative, a collaborative song. So there's so many ways to just think about content these days, but it really comes back to understanding like your story, your brand, and like what is that that you're trying to communicate? And it's going to be interesting that people will listen to your stuff as opposed to the billion other people that have a podcast or music these days. Okay, so what advice would you give to content creators to stay ahead of the game? So it's so I think it, everybody says this, but it's true. It's it's about the consistency, right? Consistency right? Is key. 
a lot of a lot of creators they start they think consistency is like two months right three months <laughs> right they, 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 don't, I'm not going to go by <laughs> that's the most powerful yeah. shit you said today yeah not that, down on that you know you have to stick with it right yeah. sometimes yeah. The, sometimes the idea is dope but it's just not tweaked the right way right. right the intro sucks or so you have to build on that idea and stay with it right so I, I manage Big Ja who's a comedian and we have, I mean, he's constantly dropping sketches, but we also have the Blackbusters podcast, which is a podcast that celebrates black cinema. Right? Oh, I, I want to be on that. I know we have something. I know we have something special. So is it we're not cutting the clips the right way to highlight the episodes? Is it something that we're doing from the graphics perspective? Is it the way we're formatting the show? We're probably 80 episodes in, so 80 weeks we've been dropping every single week. Um, and we're not going to stop because we know we have something because there's nothing else out there like that. There's nobody else that's celebrating black cinema. Right. Who's reviewing Boomerang and bringing back some of these classics? Because right. we don't get these just like some, some would argue it's kind of like music. Like we're not getting the same quality of films these days. We don't. I mean, the film industry is a bit different and that's probably a whole separate podcast. But my, my point is we have to stick with this because we know we have something and we just have to figure out how to position it. We need to get bigger guests. You know, is there a certain segment that we need? So we got ideas and I'm excited to kind of figure out like this Rubik's Cube, yeah. but we, we got something and hopefully you guys will be more familiar with the Blackbusters podcast in the coming months, That's, for sure. By the way, I would love to be on that. So, I would love to see yeah, for sure. With two loss, is it a tier system after you pay? So if I pay for the first three months, if I pay for the first month, pay three bucks, and then I have a song that starts taking off, is it a tier system where I get the a la carte label services or how does that work? No, so we have, so label services is available to everybody, but obviously that's not scalable. It's, we have priority artists, you know, artists that have a little traction for sure. Um, so it's not, you don't pay a little more. Um, it's just artists that, because when we're pitching to Spotify, Apple Music, like there needs to be something there, right, in order to start getting picked up and getting opportunities like that. So, you know, the ones that see more success are the ones that have are you more attraction. Digital marketing as well in that label service. Um, with some of our priority clients, because we have deals with. So some of the the artists that we work with, we have deals with. So may they might have taken an advance, or so there's a closer relationship. They have a, a pro, they have a product manager that they speak to. You know oh, wow, when they need. Yeah, product manager, dope. Yeah. So um, you know there definitely is a a higher level of service with artists that we either have a deal with or artists that are more established because we're starting to bring over bigger artists especially artists that have kind of gotten out of their major label deal and they're looking for st support still. Um, so yeah, yep. So which era would you think would be the best, um, is be what is the best for artists, for independent artists, would it be MySpace, blog era, SoundCloud, or TikTok? Oh yeah, we, I, so I, I posed this question. <laughs> I, I posed this question, you know, cause I just wanted to know, just better understand like where, where artists would prefer what era artists would prefer to be in to yeah. promote their music? So essentially, it's it's like what is the what was the easiest era to promote their music? And I, I looked at it like either MySpace, and then we went into the blog era, then SoundCloud, and then TikTok. For us, for me personally, I felt it was 
the blog era. I was about to say the blog era. But, 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 but not, but because it took a while for us to get covered by blogs. Yeah. Like everybody's going to say the blog era because they assumed that their music would be supported by blogs. No, no, the blog era, the blog era to me was the, it because all you needed was one blog to shine a light on you and pandemonium happened around you. Right. But, but if you didn't get that. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was in less of your control. But I only said that because that was the time where Facebook was popping, and that's how we grew our label, right. kind of on Facebook, because the algorithm was less restrictive, and we built a huge community on Facebook. I had internet, I had an internet street team. We used Facebook groups, and we had like Funk Volume Los Angeles, Funk Volume Chicago, Funk Volume, and I designated our super fan to manage each of these groups. So as soon as we put out content, I would just email our street team leaders and then they would post it in their respective groups and we would get stuff popping on, on Facebook. So eventually the blogs took notice to what we were doing because our numbers started climbing, but they weren't rocking with us either in the beginning. But So I only said the blog era because that was the time period where Facebook was, you know, it, it, was, it was a lot more conducive to what we were doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I, but my thing is is that so it feels like today's market I would say today's market is the easiest with no with no cosign, right? Cuz the blog yeah. era you still needed a cosign. Yeah. You still needed someone at that blog to fuck with you and go hard for you. Yeah. But if you look today the only thing you have to do to win the day and this is it sounds so simple, but it's the hardest thing is stay consistent. Yeah. Like I tell people, I'm like, imagine, imagine you have this huge wall and you have to knock this huge wall down and you have a, a hammer this big, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of like how you got to look at artists. Yeah. If you take that hammer, you hit all over the wall, you ain't going to never break it down. It, it's like Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Get a little hammer that big and you just hit at that one spot. And yeah. I keep telling people, that's what content is. Yeah. Consistency is. Consistency is hitting the same spot, the same spot over and over and over again until you put a dent and then you start building around that hole and then they see you know you got a hole big enough that you can put your hand in and you can rip things out. Yeah. But if you take that little hammer and most artists are just knocking. Yeah. <laughs> What's working? And it's like, right. nah, knock yeah. on Pick a spot, hit that motherfucker yeah. for three. I mean, I know yeah. it sounds crazy, but for three years straight. Yeah. Just hit that motherfucker. Like, just but, hit it. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see a dent. And then you can do it. And that's what I think people are not understanding about today's industry. The problem with music is that everybody, artists have this instant gratification feeling. Where it's like, I made a song, now the world should love me. I, I just performed, now the world should love me. I put out a piece of content, why is the world not finding me? And yes. you can't think like that. Every piece of content is an opportunity to tell a story about mm -hmm. where you are today. Or it might be a story about where you once was. Yep. Or it might be a story about where you're trying to go. It's like I, I have my, uh, a God Squad member, Kathy, here. And I told her, I said, she was telling me all the stuff she's doing. And she's in Atlanta. She's like, I'm just here. To, I'm like, everything you're doing, you should record it. Yeah. Because you have people. I don't care if you got 100 followers. Show those 100 people what you're doing. Yeah. Inspire them. Because I would tell people, if you can't inspire 100 people, you ain't going to be inspired a million. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that 100 percent. But then I would also like think about your infrastructure and like where, you know, once you start getting this attention, how are you capturing this and how are you kind of building out your community? How are you continuing to speak to the people that, 
you know, the message resonated well. All right, it's not just attention just for attention, but how do you direct this attention so that it can eventually be monetized, mm. right? And you can provide a different experience for like the super fans that really love what you're doing, right? So you have, you know, have a way to take people that just found out about you, convert them into fans, and hopefully into a super fan. And do you have an infrastructure that can do that, mm. right? And now, now is an amazing time to be a creator. Yeah, you're competing with a lot of other um, creators, but at the same time, we have so many tools and resources to be able to monetize. And you know, it's I, I love I love to I know there's a it's hard it's yeah. it's not easy, no. um, you know. But I think today is an amazing time to be a creator. And sure. I told I, I told people I said I think if we and I, the reason why I like distribution because distributions whether it's two laws um uh, uh, yeah, track whoever. Distribution is the artists understand it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. They know it's a part. You see, I love that you set it up. Look, <laughs> we're just a tool for you to use. We're gonna help you, but you're gonna have to do the work. Yeah. I said that if record labels, instead of saying we signed that artist, they should say we partner with that artist. Mm. Because you really need the artist to have the mentality that I am a partner. Because when they think they got signed, they think they're your child. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, man, that's my daddy now, man. What are we doing, daddy? And it's like, nah, right. you a grown yeah. ass man in my house. Yeah. You just got a room in my house. You are not my son. You are right. a, not for real. You are yeah. a roommate. So yeah. now you you look at it differently. Now, you yeah. know, you treat it differently. So, you know, I, I like that you said that, but I also think that majors need to start having that same mentality. Cause my only problem with majors is that they don't they're not honest the way you are. Right. They sell dreams. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do everything for you. And then you, you basically have fucked this artist up. Yeah. It's, it's like signing to a major has always been like getting drafted in baseball. Like you go to the minor leagues first. Yeah. And that's when like the real work starts. Yep. Right? So if you know about the baseball system, like you go to rookie ball, you go single A, double A, triple A. A lot of these cats never make it to the majors. Right. They're making a good career though. They, 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 they still get paid six it, figures a year. But it's tough though. But it, but it's but it's it's a tough road. And I, but I think a lot of artists think once they get signed, like you said, it's kind of you're going to be handheld to success, as opposed to like they're signing a lot of acts. Yeah. Now you got now you competing for priority. They're staking their best too. Yeah. They're staking their best. You don't yeah. know you a bet. They don't <laughs> yeah. tell you. Nah, for sure. <laughs> they don't exactly. tell you. We exactly. gonna do it all. We gonna yeah. blow you up. We gonna do this. You don't know you just a bet on. You just yeah. another bet they put on the table. I, I mean, when I got into the 2008, I came from the corporate world, yeah. so I knew nothing about music at all, right? So I didn't, you know, we kind of learned, and I didn't have anybody to turn to at, yeah. at the time. The only artist that I knew was a friend of a friend named Propaganda, and he was doing his thing in the Christian hip-hop space, so I learned a lot from him, but I didn't have no mentors or anything. So that was kind of good and bad in the sense that, like, you know, we're looking at it from a fresh perspective. We're kind of looking at it. So the things that didn't make sense... We were just like, all right, we're not going to do it that way. That don't make sense, right? Um, so just learning how the majors operated, it was just it was interesting to understand. Uh, we eventually did a label services deal with Warner, but we never, you know, they never, never owned, like, our masters or anything like that. But um, there's a lot of ways to make it in music these days. I don't, I don't knock that route if that's the way you want to go. Um, you know, I just hope you got somebody like Ray to kind of guide you through the... Through the, through the process, um, because... No, they, they, don't, they, don't want, they, don't want, they don't want my guidance. <laughs> I'm being honest, because my guidance is honest. My guidance yeah. is not like, you know, my guidance is not like, Ray, what are we going to do next? Big. What? Ray, what's, what's the next move? We're going to go bigger. It's like, no, the next move is, you have to go do this for that person, because that person is important to that, 
And you need to have a relationship with that person. Like, I'm big on, like, establishing relationships and not making every relationship have to feel transactional. Yeah. If a relationship is transactional, now I'm looking at you like, well, shit, I know what I'm giving. Now, what the fuck are you giving? Right. But if it's just a bond, it, I, yeah. I, never call, I never kept count before of you showed up for me or if I showed up for you because right. we friends. Right. Right. But if it's men on some transaction shit, I, I got to start looking at the transactions. Yeah. Like, yeah. What am I doing compared to what they're doing? And I think right. a lot of artists don't understand that they're running a marathon. Yeah. And everybody's treating life like a sprint, but they don't know they're running a marathon. Yeah. And here's why that's very important. Because after about 150 yards, you're going to get tired. Yeah. If you're sprinting, and then you realize the people that you was all the way ahead of just slowly pass you because they understand they're running a marathon. They're pacing themselves. Meanwhile, you are, and, and, and that's what I mean when I'm talking about like money. Like an artist would be like, my budget is $5,000. I'm like, spend that $5,000 $100 a week. Yep. Don't, they be so wanted so bad. They'll spend yep. that $5,000 in 30 days, nothing worked. Now they're like, I got, I, I got fucked. It's like, well, yeah. you, you wanted it so bad. Now go get another $5,000 and stake your best slower. Mm hmm. It's, it's humbling, by the way. It's really yeah. humbling, but it's it's the only way to get to the next level. Yeah, I remember there was an I didn't really. This was kind of early days, and I won't name the artist's name, but like he had he had great momentum as an independent artist, and he got signed. And I was talking to him. He was like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm young enough so that if it doesn't work out, like you know, I could just start over again independently." But momentum don't really work like that all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like once you got momentum, you know, it's hard to get it back if it stops, right? And what people don't understand is that momentum is usually on the back end is where you win, mm. right? Like I, I have a statement. I always say, I'm like, if you take a penny and you double it 30 times, you ever heard this before? No. Nah. Okay, I'm gonna ask you if, you, if you take one penny and you double it 30 times the entire month of January, so January 1st, you have a penny. Yeah. January 2nd, you have two. January 3rd, you have four pennies. I mean, you have four. January 4th, you have eight pennies. So on, so on. By the time you get to January 30th, how much money do you have? It's a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money. I can't yeah, I, I guess. It's, it's, it's no right wrong answer. It's a guess. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you're 200,000? Let's, let's go with half a mil. It's 5.3 million. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, I knew it was a lot. But here's the thing. If you stop on 15, yeah. it's 157 dollars. Yeah. So somebody can go halfway and get 157, thinking that man, I ain't made about 157, not knowing that you know all this work is just compounding on top yeah. of each other. So by the time you get to 30, you at millions. Yeah. That's you, people think you people want to wake up and get a million dollars tomorrow. Right. Nah, it don't work like that. You gotta wake up. And by the way, it does for some people. I'm not gonna like some people didn't wake up and make a million dollars, but that usually is their last million because they thought it, it came easy. They mm -hmm. thought it was gonna be sweet. They spent it like it was sweet. And now they have a million dollar lifestyle with no million dollars coming in. But it's unfortunate because a lot of people will look to that example and like use that as the norm or to aspire to. But that's it's rare. Like it's rare that those yeah. things happen. So. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we've been in this for a long time. You kind of see the same mistakes over and over I'll, and so over. You, give me the top three mistakes that you see artists make, up and coming artists. It's for you too, Juju, because you do this. Um. Let's let's go back and forth so I can have some time to think about in between. I'll go. I'll like, go, I'll do it with y'all. Hey, let me go first. I don't mind going first. I can go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Uh, just not surrounding themselves with the right people. Okay. Like the team, you know, it's important to have a solid team 
you know, some people, it takes a while to build that team or to meet the right people. Uh, but I've seen artists, um, you know, just surround yourself with a lot of yes men. Mm. They're not really there to pour into them, to grow the business. You know, folks just around, just to be around. So that's your first one. Yeah. Juju, mistake. Music being the life of the artist. Music be, meaning like their whole life is surrounded by music. You don't mm. know. They think they only. They think they mm. only sell music. Yeah. That's a big. I ain't gonna lie. That's that's it. I, my first one I would say is, they think, because they have talent. God given talent that the world has to watch them. Mm. That would be my first one. I think a lot of artists make the mistake of thinking just because you can sing means that everybody needs to give you and reward you for that's God given talent. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of work you got to make to be a professional singer that makes money. Yeah. So that would be my first one. Let's see. Uh, not learning the business, expecting other people to learn for you. Um, it's, cru- it's crucial that you understand the business. Um, and I always say this, but it's not just to make the right decisions for your career, but it's also so that you can understand the value of the team that you put around and you put the right people around, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a huge difference between managers, mm-hmm. right? There's good managers, bad managers, just there's like managers there's- managers that understand touring, there's yeah. managers that understand the business, yeah. have the relationship, there's managers that understand publishing. Yeah, It's rare to find one that understands it all, Yeah, but that's okay because like Tory Lanez, for example, his managers were concert promoters. Mm-hmm. That's why he built his career on the road. Yeah. Because that's what they knew. And then he, he signed the Interscope, and Interscope gave him the hits, and then yeah. they have a superstar. But the managers knew their superpower. Yeah. So it's important to know like what your end goal is to see if I'm a better fit or if Ray's a better fit. I, I mean, I'm in a position that I don't... I, don't look for artists to manage at all. Like so I'm, 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 I'm kind of <laughs> exactly. But it's unfortunate that most like solid managers I know are trying to leave or have left. But and I think part of that is artists aren't learning the business. So that that's why my second one has to be: you got to educate yourself about the business for sure. Maintaining relationships. Mm. They don't maintain relationships. They just don't think that it's important. Like they don't mm. when they meet certain people. They or they when they meet people in general. They just Oh, this wasn't that important of a conversation, but then yep. months later, you need that uh, you need that relationship. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you another one. Another big mistake artists make is that they reach up rather than reaching to the left or the right. Mm-hmm. Every artist wants to work with an artist bigger than them. Yep. Not knowing that those bigger artists want to work with artists bigger than them. Yeah. Yep. Or they get to a certain place where they're so big that they only want to work with their people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody's artists be acting like I want Future on the record. Future don't want to be on the record with you though. Future's bu- building his business. Future's one of the most successful artists in the world. Why would he want to do a song for you? The little two hundred k you gonna pay him is probably nothing to him. It's probably cost him that much to leave the house at this point. Mm. Instead of saying I want to do a record with people that's on my side, and I historically can make the argument, uh, mood with Ian Dior and and Golden a twenty four k Golden that was a hit. Two new people, Lola Brooke had the other young lady on her record, two new people. You don't, you rarely see an artist of a higher stature jump on an artist for a younger stature record in the beginning and it worked. Cardi B did jump on, put it on the floor, but it was already a hit. Yeah. Mm. Lotto made it a hit by herself. Mm. So I feel like artists always want to work with someone bigger when they, but they don't have the understanding to know that this guy's going to be bigger. Yep. 
and we're going to be big together. And when we big together, we're going to be the giants together that's blocking yeah. each other off. All my friends now that I started with at interns are either in the president position or right. EVP or CEO or have been the CEO and it's like, I'm about to go build my own shit, right? Because I don't know nobody that's seeing director of a and I mean, I know them, but we didn't come up together. They yeah. look at me as a mentor and yeah. I do mentor them, but I see so many artists trying to figure out how to reach up. And yeah. I'm like, fuck reaching up, reach over. Lock in, yeah. be stronger. That's a bigger pillar. Then step up on top of that and another bigger pillar. Yeah. That's the thing I would say. Yeah. No, artists have to learn to be great. Great a and I say this a lot too. Like not just in the sense of like developing your music, but do, can you identify the next up and coming graphic designer, the next up and coming videographer, the up and coming producers, and so that you can invest into them and, and like you said, grow together and grow that, grow that super team that, that will eventually be the Avengers, right? Um, What's your third one? So I will do uh, too many excuses. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't, like there's just too many excuses. Like you're making way too many excuses. Like there's nothing that I've ever heard that's like, oh, you're right. That's why you're losing and it's not your fault. Yes. Like, yeah. We just have the ability to do so much stuff on our own these days and, you know, build platforms. And I see people that are, that are building platforms from nothing. Like they, they didn't have them. All they had was their phone, right? They, and they're building a community. That's how we did. That's what I, that's, I'm literally the only reason why I built all of this was to show artists it's not hard. Yeah. And they, I mean, and you then, got, you got a really dope operation. No, it no, don't no, need to start no, no, like this. But, but like, it is. No, 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 you can ask this. It started in, it started in that room gotcha. with a mic that wasn't even plugged up. Gotcha. Okay. okay. And then it started in that room. Yeah, and then yeah, once yeah. we got the hang of it, they was like, Ray, we should get a set. And I'm like, how much is it going? And we need equipment. How much is it? It's yeah. going to be about 20 some thousand. Yeah. Man, let's just yeah. keep this shit going like it is and let me just make sure y'all can handle it. Cause I don't mind spending the money, right. but y'all gonna y'all are telling me what y'all need. Right. My information, I can do this shit for my car. Yeah. So if I'm gonna do a set, y'all niggas better make this shit look good. But yeah. yeah. But be willing to start from the car. Like that's where you gotta Duh, start. That's what I'm saying. You know but, what I'm saying? Like when we when we started Funk Volume, you know, it took a while to get some traction in early days, like the live we were doing all types of stuff just to interact and engage with our fans. So I think what was it called? It was called Ustream. We use Ustream to go live with our fans. We use live stream to go live with our fans. You know, interacting in every kind of way, responding to every comment. Bro, you, bro, you got it, you like, got it, you got it. It's, it the yeah. hard part now. Well, I'm gonna let you go, Juju. What's your what's your third one? Being resourceful. Mm. Okay. I think artists just waste resources. Like, they they think, they if they are signed to a major, they have a budget, and they just run through the budget, not realizing because it's not their money they're spending, but it's really yeah. their money they're spending. Yeah, not understanding how that was recouped, how it gets recouped. They don't understand recruitment math. Again, going back to the education. So, yeah, that's a great one. I, for sure. my, my third one, hold on. My, I just had, Juju, when you talk, I just had it. It's, oh, no, I, my, I got it. My third one is artists forget that they are the product. Mm. They buy into the hype. It's like an artist to me is no different than this sweatshirt. We made the sweatshirt. Now we're going to go tell the world that this sweatshirt is dope. And if they start buying it, we're going to make a lot of money from the sweatshirt. I get that, right? Cool. You are the sweatshirt. And you be thinking you're human. I'm just a human. Why can't I be this? And it's like, bro, you're not human. <laughs> Drake is not human. Right. Taylor Swift is not human. They are a brand. When Taylor Swift goes anywhere, there's a camera on her. She could be at her boyfriend's football game. They got a Taylor Swift camera now. She is always Taylor. Yeah. 
And she understands she's the business. And I think most artists' mistake they make is they think that they're just talent and the business is supposed to reward them. No, baby, you are the business. Mm -hmm. And if you're not treating it like you are the business, then you're going to lose because all that's going to happen is, is that people are going to be expecting you to do business things. You're going to be like, I don't feel like doing that. Why I got to do that? Because you are the business. Mm -hmm. What up, everybody? This is Ray Dangs, a.k.a. The Culture Referee. You already knew that, but what you didn't know about, I bet, is a new distribution company called Two Loss Distribution. They're the most technologically advanced distributor in the world. They distribute your music to more stores than any distributor out there, and they only charge you $3 a month. Yep, $3 a month. And they don't charge you any money to collect your royalties, so you get 100% of your royalties. Y'all know how some of them distribution companies be asking for, you know, it's distribute with us but they take 20 percent. these guys don't take any of that they charge three dollars a month to distribute all your music and if you use the code gods which is on being the bottom of the screen when you add your discount code you get three months free so if you're looking for distribution you need distribution you're looking for the best distribution company to work with two loss is the fastest growing distribution company out there mess with them tell them ray sent you you gonna get some money off Welcome back. We have Dame Ritter with us from Two Loss. So, Dame, I don't know much about Two Loss. So I wanted to know what are some of your artists and um, you know that you have with your company. Oh, that's a good yeah. question. The artist that's like really winning. That's already with Two Loss. Yeah. So we have. I mean, we have a ton of art. So we have over two hundred eighty thousand artists and labels on the yeah, platform. That's a lot. So I know we may not be a familiar name just yet, but we're flying under the radar and we're doing our thing. But I think some of the artists that we brought over recently, we're working with Eric Bellinger. Yeah, Eric Bellinger is over there. Uh, we're doing some work with Anise. Uh, Anise had the big hit, the Sun and Moon song. Um, there's a lot. What's interesting about today is like the, the, the industry is so fragmented. Yes. Right? You may not have a clue of who this particular person is, but then when you look when you look under the hood, it's like five million monthly listeners. But but to me, that's the important part of yeah. like of gathering your super fan. You have yeah. artists making seven figures a year who none of us might know. Yeah. And to me, that's the best part about it. Why everybody's worried yeah. about the? Of course, there are two. What's Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's the current number of songs uploaded a day? Do you know? It's somewhere between 60,000 and 100,000. Okay, I thought it was 100. Yeah. The last time somebody said it was 175,000. Sheesh. If it's it's, it's, it's if been 125,000 for a while. It's yeah. growing fat. Look, I mean, whatever the number is, it's huge. So, yeah, okay. So, my thing is, is that the way I looked at the new music industry that I tell, here's how the new music industry is compared to the old one. The old music industry was kind of like, let's say it's New York City, right? And every building in New York City represents an artist, right? So Drake might be the Empire State Building, right? You know, uh, uh, Jay might be another building. And, you know, these artists were giants, right? The new music industry is like the wild, wild west, mm -hmm. where everybody's on the ground now. So there's no tall buildings, right? Everybody's on the ground. And they're just kind of putting their, setting up their little space and attracting more people. And the more people come, the more money they make to be, build their more space. And they build in these comfortable places for their fan base to exist. Yeah. 
there's an artist named CG5 in the nerdcore genre. Nerdcore, right. what's that? I've never heard it's, of that before. Exactly, but they're but genre. they're crushing it. And you know, I'm I'm not at liberty to tell you, you know, how much money they're making, but they mm. are crushing it. Wow. So nerdcore, I guess, is a is a genre that it's it's hip hop, but it's for you know they're talking about anime and they're talking about things in in, in mm. their in their world. So it's authentic to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you lift under the you you look under the hood of some of these artists, and it's just amazing what they've built. Right. Um, you know, I, I feel like we were kind of like that in a way, to a certain extent, with Funk Volume. Like, like it was. To me, y'all was the first. That's why yeah. I, That's why Two Lost are smart for snatching you up, because yeah. you guys were the first real artists where it was like, we didn't, you didn't know who Hobson was. Maybe, like, she might not know who Hobson is, but Hobson built a real core base, touring yeah. And it was no disrespect. It was kind of weird hip hop. You know, yeah. he had like these, he had these cat eyes, contacts in his eye. Yeah. Mm. So it was kind of like really like, kind of yeah. like left of center, really mm. left of center. Yeah. But somehow they attracted an audience that felt like they were that. Yeah. yeah. So when, when people, so people may not have known who we were, but if they came to a show, you know, it they see all these people. And like, that was how me. Did, like, how did this get, you know, where did this come from? So I think it's dope that, you know, you have the ability these days to kind of build your community, monetize your community, and because a lot of artists don't want to be recognized, they still want to go to the store. They still yeah. they don't want to be big stars. They just right. want to do what they love and make and, make and make good money doing it. Yeah. And and a, and a lot of artists are doing. It. There's an artist named Nick D, uh, who we just recently brought over to Two Lost, and he's crushing it. He's probably got four million, five million monthly listeners. Um, I just interviewed him on my podcast, and he's built out his business and he makes money obviously via streaming makes a ton of money via streaming but also has a community on a platform called grouped which is similar to like a patreon so he's doing like subscription revenue um and because his music streams so well i'm assuming there's a decent amount of publishing revenue mm -hmm. yeah um, he doesn't tour but there's a lot of artists these days that they can just build their business music. the way they yeah. want, right? Like he's a very family oriented, so he doesn't want to be on the road. But if you get to a certain point, you can make your career the way you want to make it so that it suits your lifestyle yeah. if you're able mm -hmm. to get to that point, right? Yeah. Coda the Friend also, so Coda's not on, on Two Lost, but I interviewed him for my Independent Living podcast. He's another one, very family oriented. He, tra he travels and tours more than Nick D does, but he definitely doesn't do it as much as the demand exists, right? He could tour a lot more, but he's very family oriented, but he's gotten to a place again where you can kind of just make it fit your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. you know? I love that. Let so, me ask you this. Ahead, Jack. <clears throat> if you could choose five artists that are alive that you would sign the two laws and you would want to be like uh -huh. involved with their career, yeah, who would they be and why? Oh man, five, that's a lot, but uh, I, I'm a yeah, R- Yeah, give me three, five is I'm, like I'm an R&B head, and I'm stuck in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, my favorite <laughs> my favorite all-time group is Boys to Men. Mm. Boys to Men? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Boys to Men fan, so okay. if there was an opportunity- that's the, To be honest with you, that's the most light-skinned thing you've said since you've been <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it, just, it is what it is. That, if, if, um, oh, if, there, if there was an opportunity to work with them in some capacity, that would be dope. Um, Boys and Men? Yeah. I mean, I can introduce you to Sean. Yeah. I, I know those guys, but yeah. I, I'm a Jodeci guy. <laughs> okay. Sure. We can have that debate. <laughs> we can have that debate on another show, but I'm yeah. Say, but, I'm say. Nah, and then I, I went through a, a big a, a big phase where I was a huge DMX fan. So yeah. when I was in college, 
you know, around the time of the Hard Knock Life tour. I can see you like being that. a D- you look like a DMX yeah, fan. Yeah, DMX. That was yeah. that was that That's was my, my yeah, that was my guy. So, you know, another friend of mine was a huge I'm a Jay Z fan too, but I was more DMX than Jay Z. Um and then a th- a third one probably you probably give me another light skin answer, but it's Joe. <laughs> Joe is another I'm another Joe the singer? <laughs> yeah, Joe the singer. Uh, sure? Nah, I, I was more a fan of Joe, oh. for sure. Um, yeah. So nah, Joe's, Joe's. Yeah. Nah, we, we know, we know, we know. Dame is yeah. is what we call in the in the South cupcake. <laughs> we Not know Dame all. is on the phone <laughs> playing Joe to see in the back. You no know, playing boys man in the background, sure. playing Joe in the background, <laughs> going sure. in. We already know yeah. who you are, bro. You playing nah. love scene. Yeah, the man. Good uh, man, he just got some. His first album um, was just amazing to me. So, so yeah. So, I, so let me ask you this: So, yeah. two hundred eighty thousand artists on two loss, right? Yep. Great number. The top five percent out of that two hundred eighty thousand, what are they doing differently that the other ninety five percent is not doing? Um, I think it's really a lot of it's just going back to that consistency. Uh, but the ones that I see really moving is consistency and quality it's, it's consistency and quality like it's mm. quality songs that are resonating uh there's another artist that i rock with that i recently brought brought over to two lost named ali joseph and you know he doesn't have the social following yet but he's probably got like six hundred thousand monthly listeners because the music he's been dropping has really been resonating and you know the the algor- the spotify algorithm has showed, 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 yeah. showed him some love and you know it's just been consistent so he kind of needs to work on the the other side yeah. in terms of building his his brand and his telling his story, but you know, it's it's as, as much as we kind of critique the music these days and, and say like the music is lacking this and that, and that, there are some artists that have quality music, and I feel like those artists are winning. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's the the two things that if I tell any artist that if you understand this, you will not lose. I don't think I think it's impossible to lose. The number, first thing is consistency. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is intent. Mm. And I think that, you know, it's like, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dumb intent down. It's like, okay, cool. If you're a lawyer, you have to dress like a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you are more comfortable in jean shorts and flip-flops. You are a lawyer. You need yeah. to, your intent needs to show the world that you are a lawyer. Not your comfort zone, but the intent is, I'm going to dress like a lawyer because I am a lawyer now. Yeah. So an artist, I think that they forget that there has to be an intent, right? So like, when, when, when Jay-Z drops Streets is Watching, that was, we knew what that was for. That was for the streets. Like mm-hmm. It was kind of like, you know what I mean? Like It was intent. I think that you know, artists are losing because they're trying to appeal to the world rather than being the most intentional version of themselves and allowing the world to come to them. Yeah. Kind of is what we doing here on, on the, on the God show It's like, I'm not changing who I am right. for a camera. I'm going to be myself. And right. I see people in the comments saying, I hate this guy, but that doesn't bother me because I'm just being myself. Right. Now imagine if I was just trying to appeal to everyone, I might be in here with a tie one day and you know, yeah. just cause I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, but nah, I'm going to be me. And if right. you don't, if it, and, and that might not be for you. Right. And that's what I mean by intent. It's okay if it's not for you. When Jay-Z dropped Empire State of Mind, I don't think he thought that was going to be his biggest song in his career. Mm. It was a song about New York. Right. He probably thought mm-hmm. in his mind, this is for New York. But we loved it. Love and 
it, it, the way it was sung, it wasn't like New York, New York. <laughs> it was kind of like it was like Empire State of Mind was kind of like Jay Z's version of of Man of Steel. Like it's yeah. like, how can we call Superman Superman and from the seventies? Like he got to be a different version of himself. Call him yeah. Man of Steel. It's like how can I do a New York anthem? I can't call it New York because yeah. everybody knows the New York anthem of all time is Frank Sinatra, New York, New York. Mm -hmm. right. So I'm gonna call mine. Empire State. Now that's my version of New York, and yeah. we all gravitated to it. So yeah. I always tell artists, I'm like, you have to be intentional. Every song is not going to be your biggest song, but every song is an opportunity to tell a story, a chapter in your story. Mm -hmm. And every chapter doesn't have to be the same. It could be like, it could be, here's where I'm from. It could be, here's who I am. It could be, here's how I grew up. It could be, here's where I'm going. It could be so many different narratives in your story that you could tell. Yeah. You just got to tell that through music. And I think artists miss that opportunity. Yeah. Like yeah. when I think of the word purple, who you first person you pop in your head. Mm -hmm. Boom. He, he made this movie called Purple Rain. He owns the word purple. purple. See yeah. how easy that is, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about certain artists, like if I tell you like high waters and, 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 and shiny socks, you know that's Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like mm. I feel like these artists are not intentionally owning their space. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Me. I hate shades. But I was like, how can I stand out among podcasters? Because even if you don't like me, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. That and that nigga with the shades, I seen him before. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? I got to keep it consistent. Brandon. It's yeah. Brandon. I tell everybody, I'm like, there's a million chefs on, there's a million chefs on Instagram and YouTube, right? But there's only one that did this, yeah. right? <laughs> and that little thing differentiated him from everybody else. And he did it consistently to the point where if anybody else does it, you biting him. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's what I mean by intentionally owning yeah. a space. And you planting the seed for potential brand deals. Mm. Another thing. There you go. I got, because I'm, 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 I'm backed by this company now yeah. that I wear. So, so, and I didn't even think I would ever be in Shay's yeah. business. You yeah. know what I mean? But nice. that's, that's the a game. Lot, a lot of artists want brand deals, but they don't understand that it sometimes takes time. You got to plant the seed early so that when you are having conversations with them, maybe a year or two later, like you can go back and say, look, this was authentic. I've been doing this for a couple of years and it just makes the relationship make that much more sense. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying because a lot of artists think that they don't really understand. Well, they understand their story, but they don't know how to put an exclamation point on certain things. They just think it's boring. Well, I don't really have a story. Everybody has Everybody a story. Everybody has a story. But and not only that, even if the story is where you are. So my, I love meeting with artists, right? And they, and they play their music and their music is like, I'm the nigga, get money, fuck bitches. I'm that shit. I'm that shit. And you, that's dope. By the way, that's dope. And then I have a conversation with them and I'm like, so tell me about yourself. And you know, at first they'd be like, yeah, I'm this, I'm this. But you know, as you let them start talking, they start getting real. And they start being like, cause man, you don't understand, man, my mama in the hood, bro. My right. grandma fucked up. I'm trying to save my family right now and all this shit. And I'm like, where's that song? Yeah. Because everybody's, that's everybody's story. I was that's just in the, the car that, with the my friend and she was like, I'm trying to get my grandmother and grandfather out the projects. I'm like, we gonna do, yeah. that's everybody's story. Yeah. And you can be the leader of that storytelling, but you so, we so, we artists like to tell their hero moment. They want to say, let me tell you how I saved the day. But we don't watch Superman to watch him save the day. We watch Superman to watch him overcome things. And then he saves the day in the end. Yeah. But the, 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 he, he is other shit he's dealing with. Lois Lane is tripping on Clark Kent. He's trying mm -hmm. to get his shit together with her. Mm -hmm. He got a job. So, I mean, Superman don't need no goddamn job. He's Superman. Right. <laughs> but he got a job, though, because yeah. he has to understand, I have to be Clark Kent. I have to be yeah. this. So that's why it works. 
you artists don't tell their origin story. They only want to tell a superhero story. And I'm like, no wonder I'm fucking with you. Yeah. I can name any superhero and I could tell you Spider-Man. What happened to Spider-Man? His mother and father was killed. He fell. He was bit by a spider. And he got these superpowers. Batman, mother and father was killed. Da da da. I could tell you every every superhero movie. Superman, he's from planet Krypton. His planet explodes. His family sends him away. His father's name is Jor-El. That's not shit that you need to know. Yeah. But if you are a fan, but if I'm trying to make you a fan of them, I know the only way I'm gonna make you relatable is to touch your heart. Yeah. And touching your heart is relatable. I think people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no, real talk. Because I said something. I did a clip where I said I said something. Where I was like. Hollywood doesn't make movies that are relatable. And what I, I use examples, but I'm also thinking about my audience. So I know everybody black should know who Old Dog is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know everybody black should know who Bishop is, right? Who Doughboy is. Yeah. But then they was like, this nigga's only a hood nigga. He doesn't know other shit. I'm like, bruh, Mufasa was a motherfucking cartoon lion. We all probably still cried when his brother killed him. Right. And we all want it. It's like, dog, it's not about, it's about human emotions, bro. Yeah. People want to feel like, people don't want to feel alone in the world. They just right. want to feel like somebody's going through it with me. Yeah. Somebody, like, sometimes people run up on me and they're like, you changed my life. And it's, damn, I'm like, what the, f I didn't do anything. Yeah. But I think about how many people changed my life that probably is like, I didn't do anything. I'm like, nah, that shit changed my life. So mm -hmm. you got to embrace that yeah. superhero energy, but you also got to tell that origin story if you want people to connect with you. Yeah, I think, uh, and it's not it's not like you sit down and just tell your story in one sitting. No. Right? It's something that happens over time. Like even, even some of the people that I follow, uh, I think Toby Nguigwe did a, a, an amazing job of just like telling his story over time because you just follow people and then all of a sudden you realize like how much you know about this person, but it was because of like different, gradual different bits, bits and pieces they've shared throughout on, on my timeline. You know, I knew he was Nigerian descent. I knew family was big because he kept showing his, his, his wife, his, 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 wife, kid, yep. or his yeah. fiance at the time, but his, and then I knew he was from Texas. You know, I knew he was- And we knew his, in, favorite, we knew his color that he was yeah. going with, his aesthetic. Yeah, we knew, it. I knew, yeah. He was in, knew he was in the football. Yeah. You know, so he eventually did some things with sports, uh, with ESPN. Like, so you, you get these bits and pieces and over time you feel like, like you just understand like who this person is. And, and I don't think people, and I think artists also think that the only thing that matters is the music. Mm. And that's where they lose people at, Yeah. right? So like- I remember when I was um, when I was working at Warner, and I remember you guys remember when Sweetie went viral when she was like, uh, "Ladies, if he ain't buying you a Birkin, he ain't paying all your bills. <laughs> fuck that nigga. That you get you another nigga." And I remember, I, you know, I, I did a couple of Sweetie records, and I remember going to her A and R because I wasn't her A and R. I was just helping. You know, I'm in the company, yeah. and I did so. I did Best Friend, and I did Tap In. Right, those are records that I delivered. So now I'm kind of like, "Yo, why why should I have a record about a Birkin?" And they was like, "We think that's kind of lame," and I'm like. That's what y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Meanwhile, you have a Megan Thee Stallion who do an interview during interviews would be like, girls, we up girls, hot girl summer. Mm -hmm. And was smart enough to make a record called hot girl summer. That was a hit for mm -hmm. connectivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think artists be thinking, all I got to do is sell my music. The music is the only thing that matter. And it's like, you so fucking stupid. If you think the music only thing that matter, you think I like Jay-Z just cause it's music. I don't like every Jay-Z song. I don't like yeah. every yay song. I like them. Yeah. I like what they represent. I like who, yeah. what the role that they play. And artists miss that part. They miss yeah. the importance of that. So I'll give you an example. I went online one day 
I never drunk coffee. I was about to try coffee for the first time. I could have, you said you laughed? I could have easily just tried it at the house, but I'm thinking like a content creator. So I'm like, this would be funny for you to see my reaction of me drinking coffee for the first time. And I drunk it and you see my reaction. But here's what people don't know. I had about four or five coffee brands reach out to me saying, hey, Ray, we would love to give you our coffee. We could do our coffee. Blah, blah, blah. Just from that one clip. Awesome. I did a clip about grits. And then I had people reach out to me because my son eats sugar grits for the first time. And I'm like, you know, that's my son. His name is Raymond. I'm looking at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You eat sugar grits? Who the fuck taught you that? And he's like, he looked at me like, what's, what's like, wrong? You don't, you don't, you don't understand how serious that is. It's like you on two sides of the grits conversation, right? So I'm looking at him like, you on the motherfucking other side. What's wrong with you, son? So I was like, you know what? Let me drink. Let me eat some. So I taste sugar grits. I record it. I put that out. I have people reaching out to me like, Ray, would you try our products for the first time? Mm. That's a whole nother business that I could create. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm trying to say? But imagine if I just thought, man, I'm a music industry podcaster and a music guy. Why would I post about me eating grits? What does that have to do with anything? Mm. Everybody eats grits or the people that do eat grits and they either eat sugar grits or salt and pepper. It's no one person that eat both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if they are, we look at them like a freak. Like, what the fuck is wrong with right. you? How you like both? Right. You see what I'm trying to say? So, I just think artists would know, like, sometimes if you're a girl and you're in the bed with your nigga, like, post that shit. Like, even if it's, this nigga don't believe in me. Even if it's, whatever, I'm telling him I'm buying my car. Like, just give us something to hang on to every day. Every day yeah. is a chance. The biggest currency, that, the biggest talent in today's business, in today's world, is maintaining attention. But when you really understand, like, the messaging in your story, like, you can hone in on, like, what you... Shit, like, cause you before maybe you have this all in place, maybe you're throwing some, out some water. Yeah. By the way, this is black owned. There you I, go. I, I, I'm an owner of this water now. Boom. I would have never got that if I don't go out and talk on the pod. Some the guy reached out to me, and now we cut a deal with I'm a owner of this. So I didn't think I was gonna sell water. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, trying to say? I but mean, that's yours, brother. Appreciate it. Now there's a there's a lot of opportunities out there. You yeah. know that you just gotta create them. Um, yeah. And be intentional about. <clears throat> that's it what you're doing that's the that's it yeah. people are waiting for an opportunity to land in their lap when they don't understand they have to create them yeah because it's no opportunities gonna find you you got to create it you got to create your own space you got to get in there and you got to fucking do it and explore and yeah. if you do that you'll be fine yeah and now that i'm working with comedians or a comedian you know i've just been watching a, like how just a ton of people move right mm -hmm. there's a lot of interesting content creation happening that there's a kid mr go 30 who does like the the reenactments of like highlights after after yeah. football or sports games like he's hilarious like people are and again it's not a money thing it's not a money thing it's a creativity thing it's a consistency thing um so the the excuses just don't hold up and it's that. also paying attention to what works and what doesn't work Yep. A lot of people miss that. Like, I started with Funny Marco, right? So I started with Marco when he had, like, 30,000 followers. Mm. And, you know, when I, I, I built him out, like, it was really an experiment. And we was, I mean, I had Marco making about 20,000, 30,000 a month. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But the, it was frustrating because I was treating it like a business, and he was treating it like it, everything mattered to him. So I'll give you an example. Um, Marco has this thing he does where he will run up in people in Walmart and rap lyrics, right? That's how he started, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, we're going to do Lyrical Saturdays and we're going to sell that spot. Like I'm thinking like a TV, like we're going to sell that Saturday for 4,000 a Saturday, mm -hmm. right? So that's 12,000 a month, right? And 
but it got to the point where people wanted him to do their songs, but he wanted to do the hotter songs. Right. So he's like, man, I really want to do that Meg record. I'm like, well, Rick Ross and Drake just paid us 8K. Like, we got to come with that. And he was like, well, nobody knows that yet. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what nobody knows. We just made right. 8,000 because they paid to skip the line. Like, let's just do that. Right. So we did it. But I just think I was too early in that space because I, I'm not a nigga. I don't, I'm not repeating myself. Right. I know too much. I'm a, I'm, and I don't know, I'm not going to be the boss and just say this is what we do. I give examples. And my thought with Marco was, I was like, dog, I watched Martin. And when I watched Martin, we really thought Jerome wasn't Martin. Jerome was his own character in our head. Shanene was her own character. Like, we knew it was Martin, obviously, but we really saw them as their own characters. Yeah. Right. So I was like, Marco, you can't just have characters. You got to give them names. So that's when he named the blind man Jeffrey. And he would just be like, does anybody want Jeffrey? And that's when Jeffrey would walk in Walmart, ask you for some shit and just start punching. Like, that was Jeffrey. That was funny. Right? That's all, but this is all shit that we do. I'm like, I'm like Bluetooth Willie. Like, I created that character. Oh, like, yeah. Bluetooth Willie. Like, run up on the thing, say something crazy. And then when somebody asks you what you say, they'll be like, I'm on my phone. What are you talking about? And I was like, but we was making money from that. So now you want Bluetooth Willie. It's a girl that's like, hey, I got a, I got a, a, a waist trainer. I'm like. She like I got a waist trainer. Can Marco promote it? Sure. Who you want? You want lyric? You want lyrical Saturday? You want Bluetooth Willie? Who you want? You want Jeffrey? How do you want? She was like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "What if Bluetooth Willie walked up to people, women, random women, and was like, you got like you need a waist trainer?'" And then they was like, "What?" And he was like, "I ain't talking. To you. I'm talking on the phone." She sold out waist trainers that day. Point is, is that we didn't do an ad. Yeah. We we did a exper experiential marketing. That's how I saw it, and it was working. But it's hard to do it with people because people don't believe. Right. They really don't. You know, I know you know, the hardest part of our job is making someone believe that they could do it. Yeah. Nah, I mean, the, the artist manager relationship, y'all just got to be on the same page, like understanding like, what is the end goal, right? And what's going to get us there. And, you know, I guess from a manager standpoint, just understanding kind of what, what they're willing to do, what they're not willing to do, and, you know, not pushing the boundary a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, what would you say is like the biggest mistake you made as a manager that you would kind of give to some up and coming managers like to try to avoid? Yeah. So ultimately, my label crashed and burned. And I think the one thing I think ultimately it was going to come to an end because, you know, there were just probably some things that weren't um, we, we probably wouldn't we probably would have. Yeah, it would have came to an end eventually. But one thing that I think I could have done was brought in a second voice that was authoritative but respected, right? Because for the most part, it was me and the artist, right? So no matter what, even if I was right 100% of the time, they're hearing my voice say it all the time. And I know that at some point, that's just going to get annoying, right? Mm -hmm. Like this person, now here comes Dame again. It would have been amazing to bring in a second person that could just, even if they were just parroting what I said, it would have landed better. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have made... Yeah, it, it, we don't talk enough about how artists get tired of hearing the same voice. Yeah. And they start rejecting that voice. They yeah. hate that voice. That voice becomes the reminder that they're not good enough, it, even though the voice is really trying to help them be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're just looking for the reminder. Yeah. Like, I hate you. Like, they hate you when you get on because now they're like, because you could take the credit. Yeah. So I think if I would have brought in a number two and we were all just on the same page, um, you know, we, we would have, and maybe it wouldn't have crashed. Because ultimately we reached probably 25% of our real potential. So mm. it's, it's unfortunate that it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but that was definitely a lesson that I learned. What sure. is Hobson doing now? 
I believe he's still putting out music. He he has a he has the type of fan that's not going anywhere. Exactly. I mean, it's not growing. Yeah. Right? But it's those fans are locked in for life. So, How'd you and Hobson meet? So Hobson and my little brother went to school together. Okay. Um, so in 2008, I was working for Deloitte Consulting. I was a management consultant, and then I got laid off. Mm-hmm. And then my little brother was going to UC Irvine at the time. He wanted to drop out of school and do music. And then he connected with Hobson. They wanted to start Funk Volume. Hobson was signed to Ruthless Records at the time. Mm. So we had to get him out of his deal before we could do our independent thing. But ultimately, that's how we came together. Yeah, you knew you was going to be independent. Yeah. How? Why? Um, well, we didn't really have another option. I mean, once we got him out of his deal, we knew we just wanted to kind of do our own thing. We didn't, I didn't think Ruthless understood what to do with an artist like Hobson. And I was just starting to kind of analyze his fan base and kind of see, oh, it's kind of in the Midwest. Like, this is different. Yeah. You know, so we need to figure out how to get to these folks and get them to learn more about what we were doing um, and find more people like this. Yeah, Hobson always felt to me like, and I'm saying this respectfully as a compliment, Diet Tech Nine. Like, it was like, Tech Nine was different. He was in the Midwest. He had this control over this unique crowd. Yeah. And I felt like, to me, that felt like his peak. Yeah. And if you look at the Billboard chart, I mean, Billboard Moneymaker charts, or Ford Moneymaker, he's, Tech Nine is in the top 10 every year. Yeah. And yeah. he could walk in any mall in America and probably nobody yeah. even say nothing to him. Yeah. So I was like, I always, that's why I always admire people that can make money with a D to C concept rather than people that, I can't stand people that said they need help. With my label, man, but label just pushed me. You was a dumb man. You ain't gonna ever make it. You know, you better yeah. figure out the DDC relationship and really build it. And it's not fun. It's not yeah. sexy as it used to be. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's not sexy, wow. but it's way more money in it now, yeah. and it's way more control. So get control of it and then have fun. Yeah. Now we def there definitely was a lot of overlap in the fan base. Um, you know, but we ultimately built the label on social media, and I felt like we kind of like we we had an opportunity to like go a lot faster it took tech nine a long time to build his fan base because it was built on touring essentially so yeah. he had to go to a city there might be 20 people there and then go back to the city there might be 100 people there so we were able to accelerate things because of the internet we understood the internet like you know i think no other label did at the time mm. um so we were able to kind of you know, like I said, accelerate things. And because we, I started working with them in 2008, and we probably, it became like my full time job in 2011. So three years is kind of kind of quick from, from going to not knowing anything about the music industry right. to having a label that's doing well. And we're starting to sign other artists. Sign um, out my artist, Jaron Benton signed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. If you had to, um, so two lost at your company, your baby, right? So it's like, I don't I don't own it. He I don't own it. I'm the there. director of okay. communications. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So if you had to create a collaboration with two artists, right? Uh huh. <laughs> who would they be, and what type of content would you produce for them? Um, but again, I don't produce content. My well, not with. So I don't work day to day well, with what artists. What type anymore. of content would they produce together? What uh, do you think would be most beneficial? Like you know. Two, two, a collaboration. You had two artists. A, a collaboration today. Um, <laughs> damn, I have, I have no idea. Who's your two favorite artists? Well, we right already, now, that's out. That's out. Um, and if you could collaborate with them to join Two Laws. So Ali Joseph already, already works at Two Laws. So I mean, that, he already works with Two Laws. So is not anybody out there that you want to have that Jug Knight moment and say, 
if you're tired of your distribution company taking all your royalties, the entire producer taking all your YouTube stuff, you should come to Two Lost. So ain't nobody you want to send that message to. Ace Hood. Ace Hood. Ace Hood. Ace Hood needs to come to Two Lost. Ace Hood should come to Two Lost. I like Ace Hood. I can connect you with him too. Ace Hood is a great balance of like hood and like integrity. You know, mm, uh, standing on business. Yeah. So, what type of content would you want him to produce? Uh, what would you? Yeah. How would you want to take him? Keep doing what he's. You just a fan of his. Yeah. You help keep him. doing what he's doing. Okay. Yeah. Because I, 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 you know, I don't know him, but, but like I said, I listen to his lyrics. Yeah. There's something a little deeper yeah. in his stuff than you know other artists. He's woke. Yeah. And it, and, he's and, really woke. He, he definitely is. A, like he yeah. knows who he is. He's a family man. Family man. Yep. He was signed to somebody. He played the big system game. Figured out. It yep. wasn't working in his favor, left and built his own thing. Yeah, I think we can help out Ace Hub for sure. Okay, cool. I, might have, I, I, I can help you with that. For mm-hmm. sure. I can help you with that. So, bro, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Anybody here is watching. Last question that I have for the, before we end is I'm, 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 in, I'm in, I don't know, Killeen, Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be in the music business. I'm on, I registered on two loss. I used the Gotch, uh code, which gives you three months off. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I contact someone at two loss to have some insight or some advantages, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people, that's a lot of people's problem. Like, I can do business with two loss because I know you, right? Yeah. But if they don't know you and they're like, man, I want to do business with you, but how do I interact? Like, how does someone... We know how to register with Two Loss, but how do they get involved and have Two Loss help? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like we we serve a lot of artists, and we can't handhold every artist, right? I would say, and that's one of the reasons why I started our Two Loss office hours session. So I run a session every every Monday at twelve o'clock. It's live. It's a Zoom. Anybody can join, and I typically have a guest, and we we just talk through different things, issues that you're having. And that's an opportunity for people to participate, ask questions, um, you know, really take the take the time to learn the business. So I would say tap into those sessions for sure. I think that I think that we should do one, mm-hmm. a biweekly, just like a live. Yep. Only, only for people that are with two lost. Let's do it. That's what because I love what you're doing, and I love that you're sharing information, but. There has to be, if, you want, if you're tired of this, then it has to be a come over here with us. And I yeah. think that everybody is tired of people talking at them, and I think it would be advantageous to talk to them. Yep. So even if it's like 300 people in there, and 300 out of the 280,000, and they're like, what about this? And answer those questions. Mm-hmm. And all we have is one condition. Like, you know, like, you got to be with two laws, but just tweet it. Shout out to Two Loss, like you know what I mean, like yeah. for doing that. I think I think that th- those type of things yeah. are the things that, because no one's helping nobody. Yeah. And obviously, there's an appetite for it. That's why you have pods like this that are like huge, but no one is really talking to them. And I think right. that an advantage that Two Loss can give is to talk to me. Yeah. But also on the flip side, like you know, artists today for the most part they undervalue education. Like, they don't. They don't know what. They don't understand the value of what you're saying on this platform. You know, the, I know they don't. the access that you're giving to them, the years of experience that you have. They, this shit is worth this shit is worth millions of dollars. If you listen, 
this is worth millions I would have paid because again when I jumped into this I had a business background but I didn't know shit about the music industry I would have paid a lot of money to be able to have a weekly conversation with someone like you well so, I gotta stop you there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have this thing called the dreamers community yeah. uh, where I do weekly zooms where I coach people in my community uh on how to win in the music business, they all kind of present their questions. So like, for example, tomorrow, tonight, we're going live because when I first started, everybody was trying to figure out how to get into the live show space. Mm -hmm. So I have a good friend of mine coming on to the community today to talk to people about how to book their own shows, build their own shows. So I agree with you. I just think that we don't value education because it doesn't look cool. But I'm not giving you education, I'm giving you edutainment. I'm educating you, but making you laugh. But I, but my community, like I really am excited about it because it's it's like watching these people mind open to information I'm giving them that they didn't even think about. And I'm like, this is what you're gonna do. Do it like this. Stop doing that. Don't do that no more. Do this. And they all looking like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, leverage me if you have to. So I'm big on that. But. People don't value education. And to me, that's the dumbest shit because mm -hmm. it's going to cost you somehow. Mm -hmm. She's going to cost you in the end and you're going to be like, fuck, I wish I knew. Every artist I've ever interviewed on the show, I asked them the same question. What would you tell your younger self? You know what they all said? What's that? Wait. Understand what you're doing first mm -hmm. and then do it. Joe, but Remember Joe, but he was like, yeah. I just, he said, I wouldn't even sign with Def Jam. I would have waited because I need to, I don't understand. But that, the concept of getting a check and being one of them is so appealing that you just signing your life away and then figuring out later, but then you don't realize that that money goes. Yeah. And then when it does, it's gone. But brother, I just want to thank you for the, first of all, I want to thank you for being on the show, but more importantly, I want to thank you for seeing value in me and the God show to the point where you gave me a real endorsement partnership. That shit means a lot to me. Like, Likewise. because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing yet. <laughs> <laughs> to be top no, 20 and no. not know what you're doing is, 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 but it's cool to not know what you're doing, but I don't understand the business, the way I, I'm learning it, and you coming to me still willing to invest. That's why we have the two lost sign on the set. That was just me and him freestyling on how can we add added value, and we have it there. So on some black man to black man shit, I appreciate you. Indeed. My brother. And, you know, on some... You know, just to get back to the show. Thanks for being a guest. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being on the God Show. Thanks for being on Art of Spotlight. And get ready for your DMs to be going crazy. Yeah. Because they're gonna hit you when I put when I post. They're gonna hit you. They're gonna come at you. And get ready for it. And let's just send everybody and let's send everybody to Two Lost. This is the Art of Spotlight presented by the God Show. We are out. Yeah. Intro. So let's just say let's do an intro again. Okay. Start it over. I got you. What's up, everyone? It's your K. Verde and Mommy Dream. It's your boy, Jack Dance. And this is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee. And this is the Artist Spotlight presented by The God Show. And today we have a very special guest, someone who uh, I've been knowing for a very long time. He's brilliant, and he decided to come give us some games. So this is the kind of episode where you should take your pen and paper out or put your phone out and take notes because... My brother, Dame Ritter, is here to bless y'all with information on how to win in the music business. So everybody give it up for Dame Ritter. That's what Dame. Dame Ritter is also the director of communications for our biggest sponsor, our newest sponsor, 
two lost. Yes, so sir. we really got to give him a pause because we wouldn't have this without Dane Ritter. All right, cool. I didn't do that time. My intro was I think I did. That was my favorite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.